0: all right chuck we are here to talk a little conference finals uh you spent a weekend north of the border though um so welcome back to the states how you you feeling over there
1: i'm back in one piece so that's the that's all you can ask for here uh voice is still working its way back brain function won't be here till friday probably but uh, I'm going through the motions. I'm surviving, and uh, but it was all worth it. I had a had a blast of a weekend bachelor party. So good to be back.
0: If the only thing you lost up there was the next season, then I, I guess that'd be a win.
1: Well, pride to dig in the air, or somewhere in Montreal as well, <laughs> on the streets. Yeah, it's
0: you know it t- takes a week to to feel human again. I get that exactly. Uh, well, despite us maybe not being a hundred percent over here. Please sit down, listen, listen to us talk basketball for an hour. We, uh, I I mean, I think we've been saying it for the last, you know, four, six weeks, incredible playoffs thus far, and it's landed us with, at least in my eyes, one of the best conference or most intriguing conference final matchups we've had in a long time in the West. The East, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. It's a little more cut and dry, Um, but this Nuggets Lakers series, it's, it's funny. I think we both try to stay in tune with, you know, all these like smart basketball people, whether it's like the Zach Lowe's of the world or Ryan Rosillo, like there's a lot of people kind of trying to be on the cutting edge of, of predicting these series and just like kind of giving commentary and feeling out what's going on. And they all love the nuggets. I don't think I've heard one person who's in that kind of like smart basketball world type. Like they all love the nuggets. And then I looked at the odds and it's, Nuggets minus 160, Lakers plus 135. Not quite a coin flip, but not far off. And we'll probably spend 20 minutes kind of breaking this all down. But where are you at big picture, Lakers Nuggets? Does it feel like a coin flip or are you you leaning one way or the other?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh the Nuggets should be favored and done to my head, I would take them in a conference finals. However, from what I've heard, you know, the general consensus in the, and you said, the smarter basketball world, seems like the Lakers are getting a bit discounted. Um, you know, the Nuggets are an awesome team. They're again, the one seed as we've discussed for a while, but I've been more impressed, or I guess I think the Lakers win over the Warriors. How I'm looking at it is that that, that win was a little bit more impressive than the, the Nuggets over the Suns. Um, I saw the Nuggets-Suns series as good as the Nuggets looked. Well-oiled machine, Jokic, everything ran through him. And it was, as we've discussed before, is like beautiful art. Um, I was more disappointed in how the Suns looked. And I, a couple of different factors. The Chris Paul injury obviously is a major one. Um, Durant really, you know, outside the first a couple games early, didn't really look like himself. Integrated with the offense, maybe a little slow. Had some off-shooting nights. Booker was the dog that we expected. Um, uh, but their depth was, or lack of depth was showing. And I just thought overall in Aiden, you know, it was a total mess. I didn't think Monty Williams was overly impressive overall. It, the, the Suns looked like a mess, you know, of a team that was like really just, uh, not prepared for a playoff series a, because they haven't played together with this new amalgamation of players and B because of a lack of depth and then C this Chris Paul injury, so not taking anything away from the Nuggets, the way they played would be basically anyone in the NBA um, in a seven game series. But the Lakers, you know, we came out of that Warriors Kings series, like, wow, Warriors were down, you know, to their final ground on backs on the ropes. They thought the dynasty was over with that. And then they came out and punched the Kings in the mouth in game six and then dominated them in game seven. And we both looked at each other and were like, Oh, but it be happening again. It almost felt exactly like last year. They didn't click all at all until the end of the year and turn it on. Everyone's healthy again. Wiggins is back in the mix, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I thought it was real. Like I thought the Warriors were going to probably win that series. I was personally rooting for the Lakers, honestly. Um, but the Lakers came out, stuck with them toe-to-toe, games one and two, split them. And then, to- you know, in convincing fashion, I know there were close games, but really closed out the Warriors well. Um, in, in L.A. with two back-to-back wins. Then they kind of gave up on Game 5 and then closed them out in Game 6 at home. So I know three of their four wins came at home. But, you know, a Warriors team that had a ton of issues this year, um, you know, internal issues, maybe, the, you know, play wasn't fully healthy, Draymond and Jordan Poole issue, Wiggins not healthy. Um, issues. Had, that's that's a, that's a
0: nice way to put that.
1: <laughs> the punch hurt around the world. Um, but, there was that you know, clip –
0: Sorry to interrupt but I oh, think yeah, yeah, from yeah. This, this past series, game four, I wanna say. Uh, where Jordan Poole actually makes a nice play. Draymond's like trying to dap him up on the bench. They're like coming back for a timeout. And Jordan Poole's like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be your friend. And then you I, I think Steph went over to Jordan Poole and was kinda like, Hey, man, I, I, I have no idea what he said, but it almost seems like hey, can we just try to make this cordial? And that's something we'll get into a little bit later talking Warriors post mortem, yeah. but uh yeah, it definitely wasn't all uh, all hunky-dory over there.
1: It, it wasn't, and it was clear to that. And so I, I understand all that, but I guess what I'm getting at with that is it was a series where the Lakers were not favored. Everyone thought, hey, this is the worst. Throw out their road record from the regular season. Throw out the internal strife. You know, They're coming You know, to the conference finals. They're going to try and usurp Jokic and the Nuggets. And, and the Lakers really took it to them um, in a lot of different ways with different guys stepping up. You know, LeBron, again, is the steady, steady presence. AD looks like the superstar that we've kind of expected him to consistently be. Um, and the Lakers have been there, done that before. You know, I know it was a bubble season and whatnot, but they seem to have a pretty well-rounded team. They are a much different t- team since the trade deadline. So I think they're not to be slept on. Again, I think really with these current states of the team, the Lakers are a harder matchup or a harder team than the Suns honestly are. Because even when the Suns tied at 2-2, we discussed it. We're like, they're not going to beat them in Denver and they have to win at least one there. This is more likely to end in six than it is to them to even push it to seven. So it was kind of that where I see the Lakers, LeBron maybe controlling the series a little bit more, playing a bit more of a dog fight. Um, And I think there's a way where the, the Lakers could win that series, whether they will or not. I don't know, but I, I think they're getting a little bit discounted because people keep saying, well, if they're healthy, if they're healthy. Well, they are healthy right now. And we're gonna, we have to discuss it as if mm-hmm. they're going to stay healthy. Um, and honestly you know they've gone through two rounds like this in fights. I just I don't know if it's like a discounting like people deep down don't want to see LeBron and the Lakers in that next round for the Lakers franchise for LeBron the player and like they love everyone loves the Jokic and the Nuggets and I do too and I'm you know I'd like to see the Nuggets in the finals but I think it's a lot closer than, than what people are kind of giving credit for right now that's my roundabout way of getting at it but I wanted to kind of touch on how disappointed I was with the Suns and you know, how impressed I was with the Lakers taking care of business against Golden State.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny you kind of immediately were, were trying to evaluate Suns, Warriors, like how, how are we reading the results of the last round? Because, I mean, it's funny how fast these things change, right? Like mm-hmm. three, I, I guess more than three weeks ago. But prior to the playoffs starting, I think everybody, even if you knew that Chris Paul was going to get injured, would have said the Suns are a better team than the Warriors. Warriors can't win a road game, and sure, maybe they'll figure it out in the playoffs. But the Suns were kind of regarded as at least talent-wise. You know, sure they're not deep, but they, they can go toe-to-toe with anyone, and they did it here and there, mostly at home uh, against Denver. And, and you could kind of tell by the end of that series, yeah, they just did not have the horses to to outlast a team executing that well on offense. But I, the thing with, or at least when I try to like think about this matchup specifically. To me, if if you said, hey, KD, or what am I saying? If you, if you told me that AD and LeBron were healthy for all seven games, and sure, say so you, you also guarantee Jokic's health, I think the odds would be closer to a coin flip. Again, right now, Nuggets minus 160, Lakers plus 135. I still think there's a lot of injury fear baked into that number. And that's kind of why the number shocked me. I really thought it'd be higher with how many, you know, Sure, there's a lot of public betting that goes on, but if the public does something super dumb, there's going to be these sharps that come in and and sort of reset the line. So I I actually think the more I... I, I, The one thing I can't get over is how vital the the Lakers bench was to them winning against Golden State. Like, they needed big games, they needed big performances, and it feels repeatable from Austin Reeves, but it doesn't feel repeatable from Rui... From D'Angelo Russell, I know everyone's been saying it, but you know it's the classic: play seven games, you'll get three good ones, maybe four if you're lucky. Uh, and you almost need to have a tight leash with him when it's not a D'Angelo game. Um, who am I? Uh, Lonnie Walker, of course. Like I don't think he's he's putting up 15 in a fourth quarter again. And even if they do all that at home, needing to win in Denver against a team that's playing better offense than anybody in the league and just the the supporting cast from two through four. I mean, sure, you'll obviously take AD or LeBron, whoever your count is, they're number two ahead of Jamal Murray. Uh, but if as long as Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon don't just like you know crawl into a little ball in this series, if, if they play with the same confidence that they've had these last you know four six months, I really feel like they're almost unbeatable. Uh, the Celtics should be a great matchup, and, and Al probably matches up well with with Jokic. Definitely didn't just jinx anything, Um, but I, I, to me, I like just see so many ways for the Nuggets to win this series and so many things that need to go right for the Lakers that I'm actually shocked the the Nuggets aren't bigger favorites. And maybe again, maybe that's a public thing, Um, but let me let me put it back to you with this caveat: If, if you knew AD and LeBron were healthy all seven games, but Jokic is too, would you then? take the Lakers straight up? Do you think it's that kind of close to a coin flip? Or, or are there some things that you, you see the Lakers needing to do that, you know, are, are possible but certainly not easy? Like what what kind of is that that hurdle they, they need to, to get over to actually win the series?
1: Yeah, well a couple of things before answering that question. The I think the odds are at are the odds because everyone, any one time LeBron's in a series, the public, a lot of money just goes towards LeBron. Uh, Lakers, casual basketball fans, like LeBron just beat the Warriors. LeBron's won two series. What have the Nuggets ever won? You know, let's go. Why don't we throw... LeBron's an underdog. Why don't we throw money on him? Like, I think that's the mindset for at least, you know, maybe not the sharp money, but the mass public money. Yeah, it's probably Yeah. Um, And then two, about the injury thing, I totally agree that there's injury conservative maybe baked into that, but... And age is obviously a factor, but, you know, on what planet are Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. a clean bill of health? You know what I mean? Like I know (laughs) LeBron's 38 coming off plantar fasciitis. It's ridiculous. And 80 is like, like historically so injured. Michael Porter Jr. Had that crazy back thing coming out of college. He fell in the draft because of it. He's been in and out of, you know, over the years. Jamal Murray has been out basically since, you know, never hasn't been fully healthy until now since, um their bubble run to the conference finals so it's like i know those guys are younger and all but they've got their own health concerns like all it takes is one rolled ankle or something so again i don't want to factor injury into it but everyone talks about the lakers injuries and stuff this luggage team hasn't been healthy since they lost in the conference finals to the same lakers team two and a half years ago so Mm -hmm. um, same same conference final
0: matchups as that bubble year
1: which is crazy to think about so not as fluky as people may have thought huh
0: yeah Spo uh, and Jimmy,
1: it's a hell of a duo. That's right. Uh, heat, yeah. Um, but so again, I just want to touch on that. And then in terms of you know what they'd have to do to to win, I, I agree. They're gonna need guys to step up. Um, I think they're gonna have to slow the game down. Uh, you know, to the kind of similar to what LeBron did, maybe not to the same extreme effect, but when the Cavs beat the Warriors in that 3-1 comeback in 16 or whatever it was, LeBron, like you know, the Warriors were high flying you know three-point shooting fast paced lebron slowed it down to a crawl there were a lot of like 88 85 85 95 95 games and the ones that the Cavs won and it was like control the pace you know run down the shot clock play hard defense i think they're going to do that a little bit with nuggets slow like obviously nuggets like the run and gun and then put everything through Jokic. you know make Jokic work on defense with pick and mm-hmm. rolls which and i think it's like Again, not it won't will happen or won't, but LeBron's really good at like, orchestrating his team to do that. Darvisham has shown really good job in that Warrior series of you know getting mismatches on Steph, you know making him work, making play move around the court when he doesn't look as comfortable these days. You know forcing Dray- Raymond to feud a little bit more, have the ball in his hands. They were doing these things that the Warriors who were flawed. Also, not comfortable with what you know how to adjust. You know, Jordan Poole was taking maybe too many shots and had to come out of the game. Wiggins didn't look fully right, so I thought that they played in the Lakers had them Warriors play into their hands. And I think there's a world where they can do that here with again slower pace and, and a little bit more physical, kind of like that. Jokic's a little uncomfortable here. Um, and I, I just think that. Yes, I agree with you. Any underdog is going to need more to go right, you know, to, to win, a, win a series. And the Nuggets are definitely on paper the best team in the NBA. But, you know, more, I mean, the Lakers have been there before. They've done it. Nuggets have not. So it's still uncharted territory for them, which I think we take a little bit for granted. I know these are high profile athletes, but there's a world I can see where it's like, whoa, LeBron's got him in seven, and then like he wins in Denver. And then it's like a legacy yeah. ceiling, legacy ceiling w- series win, like on the road. The, the one thing on the other side is like that it is genuinely so hard to play on the road in Denver with the altitude, yeah. the elevation, and that crowd, like it's a legit thing. Broncos have it in football. The Nuggets have it in basketball. Um, Avalanche even have it in hockey. And it's just, that's something that I don't know if the age of the Lakers can honestly keep up with. And that'll be like kind of an unmeasurable X factor, but it's something to keep in mind. And that's where I think honestly, like it makes it almost hard for these adjustments to work.
0: LeBron needs to get the whole team sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. <laughs> You're spending a million on your body a year. You might, might as well just gear the whole team up for, uh, for a conference yeah. finals run. Um, I, I am so excited to get the answer to this question. Like, Can LeBron still do it? Because watch yeah. any talk show, listen to any sports podcast, everyone's you know just uh, – I was going to say gooing. That's not – oozing – I don't know what word I'm trying to use here. It's, it's, it's a fawning. It's a a, fawning over a, yeah. Fawning over his ability to control his intensity, really yep. treat like the whole seven game series or like, look at a seven games theories, look at a seven game series, kind of with like a, a game theory approach yep. where you're just expending energy when you need to. And that game six performance where he comes out in the first half and is really for the first time in this playoffs, urging his team and doing it by example, to stomp on their throats and go balls to the wall all first half. He's, he's been just kind of like limping his way into games intentionally. And he n- sees the moment, did not want to go back to, to or- Oracle. I'm still calling it Oracle. Uh, didn't want to go play a game seven. And I, I think you alluded to it a second ago, like LeBron's path to winning the series is just getting it to seven and then allowing all of that basketball savvy to, you know, all you got to do is win a game and maybe there's something he's him or Darvin are are kind of keeping under wraps, something that they feel like they could throw it at Jokic in in, in game seven. That to me does feel like the formula. And if this game or if this series goes seven, it's going to be one of the best series in in a long time. But it's like people that don't watch the Nuggets, which let's be real is most of us in, in the regular season. Like the way they execute on offense is So above how the Lakers play offense and and AD against the Warriors was almost able, at least in the back half of that series to take on a more defensive role, not hoist a bunch of shots, really conserve his energy, be an absolute menace to anybody trying to drive to the rack. And I I just don't think that formula gets you past Denver. Like you really need AD to, to go to Germany for six days, get whatever they got. And be a superhuman. Like I, 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 it's, it's like can AD both score thirty and or get thirty and twenty seven games in fifteen days. Like that feels like a lot to ask. Um, but then again, like who, who am I to doubt LeBron? I'm sure yeah. he knows a world where like all right, if I can get that from AD three or four games, you know that this is the formula to win. I'm doubting LeBron, which I shouldn't do. Um, but, but it's I think how that bit plays out. Like where where they actually yeah. think they can steal these games is the most important thing. And game one could, could be the series in a lot of ways. If if the Lakers can somehow pull that off.
1: Yeah. I, sorry. LeBron's not the same player. Maybe he was a couple of years ago. I, I think he honestly, the injury is a huge factor for it. We were talking about how he's so much noticeably slower. I don't think he's honestly lost a step when he's fully healthy, but he came back from this foot injury so much earlier than everyone expected that He's superhuman in that regard that he's even going out there and playing at a high level, but it is noticeable. So can he physically one-on-one or with the ball in his hands take over a game like he used to in some of these conference finals? Or finals, probably not, but I think this Lakers team has evolved enough where he might not have to. Um, We'll we'll see, but I will point out that LeBron in conference finals I think is 10-1 and in his career. Mm -hmm. He's only lost one conference finals, and it was way back against the Magic when Dwight upset them. White and three-point team, Nelt Jameer and Richard Lewis and all those guys. Michael Petras. Um, yeah. And people like held it over LeBron for like eight years after that, even though like that magic team is pretty sweet. Um, yeah. And that's his only conference finals loss. Um, say what you want about him in the NBA finals when he plays other than the Dirk series, he never played more inferior p- opponent um, in the finals. Well, I guess the Spurs were pretty even and, or no, sorry. He's never lost to a more inferior team in the finals. Um but um, like I, where I was going with that is that I just like the like guy like finds a way to win. um, And it's, it's adjustments that we may not even know. And, and I think I could see it as a series where the Nuggets are up, you know, up three, two in the series. The Lakers won two close ones. The Nuggets blew them out in two of the three. And then the Lakers make a commanding game six win. And all of a sudden it's game seven and LeBron just has to steal it. You know, and like, that's what I could see happening. Cause like the Lakers are like, all right, we lost, we're going to lose this game by 25, but we're, we're, we're rested. You know, that's more important to them. And like, they know that. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but again, if you're looking for my prediction, I'll take nuggets and seven, but I think it's going to be a good series.
0: Yeah. And I'll just, just to offer a little uh, disagreement, I'll take nuggets in six and six and say, I don't think it's going to ever feel that close uh
1: okay
0: I, again that feels dumb but it, it's sort of like where my or my gut is and you know if, if lebron can make it, it like i think any lakers fan would take all right it's game seven just throw the ball up we'll we'll, we'll take our chances there like that's a win for the lakers um i do have to say being uh, your your personal lebron fact checker he didn't lose to the, the mavericks in 2011
1: no oh, finals <clears throat> yeah i said outside of the Dirk year he's never he hasn't lost oh, the finals. Oh, that i was noticed it. Yeah, that was noticeably um, – they, they lost to Durgan. The the Mavs team was noticeably worse than that Heat team. And they lost that – the Spurs and the Heat, when they lost, like, to the Spurs, I it like kind of a toss-up matchup. Yeah, those, those um, series
0: were so fun. Ugh.
1: Yeah, but those were finals. He lost a ton of yeah. finals matchups, but, um, but most of them were the Warriors, one to the Spurs, one to the Mavs. The Mavs one's obviously, you know, pretty irredeemable. But conference finals, the only loss was that Magic – 09, whatever that was. So
0: yeah, it's personally ripped my heart out a couple times. Yeah, Had that too. Son Jason Tatum, or sorry, son Jason Terry.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, oh boy. god. What? Yeah. That Good awesome. memories and bad memories. Yeah, that, that that was that was one of those like I don't want to be here anymore. Like, yeah. So TV
1: I was a man amongst boys, uh, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. it's hard to compare because those are eight years ago, whatever it may have been, ten years ago, but. Um, and the Nuggets definitely don't get enough. Respect. I'm not trying to like diss the Nuggets because what they did, the yeah. Suns they d- they dismantled them, they really, really did. Um, and like so efficiently, and they could there's a world again where they go in and sweep the, the Cavs or a gentleman sweep in five, you know, like that's maybe even more likely than the, the Lakers winning. Um, but I, 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 maybe I, would I just want to that, believe yeah. it's a yeah, maybe I want it. I don't think the Lakers will win this series, but I want to believe it's going to be a close series for the reasons we listed above. But I also think there's a caveat where, like, there's a it's a better chance of the warrior or the Nuggets dominating the series than um, the Lakers winning it. If that makes I, sense. I do
0: think, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think a point you made earlier, I actually don't think it was we we weren't recording yet, but just before we were chatting, and you were talking like Michael Porter and yeah, and Aaron Gordon. Like, I I, I when I was kind of trying to prep for this, I was like, to me, they're two through four: Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, right and Aaron Gordon are definitely a top five sort of supporting cast. If you want to call guys two three, yeah. four the, the supporting cast, uh, arguably like for probably the bulk of this year, statistically, they, they might show up as the number one supporting cast, but I think it's fair to call that into question when we're talking a massive, like monumental NBA series against, you know, one of the five best players of all time. Uh, yeah. You know, like, are they going to play at that level on the road when they need it? Um, it's, well, it's still a question mark. Jamal Murray, I don't have many fears about. And it's actually funny. You're yeah. talking about his, his injury proneness. For whatever reason, like to me, when you watch Ja play, uh, we'll, we'll save our jaw commentary for, for another day. Yeah, but it course. just feels like that dude's going to get injured at any turn. And something about the smoothness of Jamal Murray's game, it, like uh, he has been injury prone or has been injured a lot. To me, just watching him play, it feels like he, he should never get injured. It's like a very light game. It's the game Brandon Roy probably wishes he was playing since he was five, um, because it, it feels pretty, uh, pretty nice on the body. But at least yeah. for a guy that
1: gets around people all the time. I guess I'll, you know, on that note about the supporting cast, are they? This is more of a genuine question. Are Murray is awesome? I agree with you. I don't know if I see, you know, a ton of flaws in his game when he's humming, but. Are Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. that good? Or is it just Jokic makes them look really good? Like if they're on the Sixers and you flip them with Tobias Harris or someone, like we're probably talking about Tobias Harris or you're talking about these guys. I I think Jokic is that good, so it's a testament to him. But it's also like, all right, well, you're relying on those two guys to come up big. It's like, is it that big of a stretch to like those guys versus like a D'Angelo Russell game or a Rui Hachimura? I mean, I think those guys are better than D'Angelo and Rui. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm with you on that. But is it that crazy for those guys to maybe have just as many good games as the other guys? I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a good it's a good call because I think Tobias Harris and Aaron Gordon are like reasonable comparisons. Yeah. Um to me, Michael Porter is is the guy that is so hard to, to think about. Because, yeah. like, imagine him and, like, some, some crappy team just putting up, you know, 22 shots a game, averaging 28, almost like a Zach Levine style. Like, I could see that, and it would feel so empty. No one would respect him as, like, a top 15 guy. But on this team, it's just so easy for him. He's such a pure Absolutely. shooter, and he's so friggin' tall. Like, he just – it feels like if he's hitting open threes, uh, or even, like, semi – or if he's hitting semi-open threes, you're totally screwed. And I think he is a classic, like, product of, of the environment he's in. So he's playing like a great player. Maybe he's he's not. I shouldn't even say he's playing like a great player. It's here and there. But I don't know. Like, just the way they've played and how easy the game is for him when, when they're humming, uh, it's hard to imagine anybody on the Lakers besides AD and LeBron matching uh, matching his output this series. Yeah. But, hey, Aust- Austin Reeves has shocked the world before. It could happen.
1: Yeah. And I'm not dis taken away from them. I think they are great players, but the Nuggets haven't been tested really at all in this playoffs. I really don't think the Suns were as much of a test as people are thinking they were. Um, So it'll be interesting. Like if they're in a dog fight, where, how do Porter, how does Porter end? It's like, I look at the player stats from the Nuggets and it's like, Jokic's at 24 a game, Murray's at 20. And then all the rest of these guys, they have like five guys between 17 and 11. And it's then to, to Jokic's brilliance and how their offense works with moving the ball around. But it's like, again, we talk about maybe maybe it's an outdated view or like when it comes to the Nuggets, they're the exception of the rule. But it's like, how many dogs do you have to go one-on-one in a late game when it's 92-92? If the Lakers can play them into that kind of, kind of game, like do the Nuggets have that kind of offense in them? Do they have those stops in them on defense? I, I'm not saying they don't. I think it's a question that hasn't been answered yet for this team.
0: Yeah, and Michael Porter will shoot you out of a game too. Like it's it's not like he's he's just given what's what's taken, or not like he's taking what's given to him. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll he'll jack it if he's feeling it. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. I, I think we've we circled around all sure. our takes on that pretty pretty uh, completely. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it though. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing. Uh, I am too. If, if we feel the same after after games one and two. Yep. Um, so. Real quick, I think we can be much briefer on Celtics Heat. The Heat are friggin' incredible. If an eight seed makes the finals, uh, like God. Well, damn.
1: congratulations to you first for burying the city of Philadelphia.
0: Oh my God, those <laughs> poor fuckers. <laughs> uh, Funeral service. They are who we thought they were.
1: Holy, that is the ultimate. They are who they who we thought they were. The moment. I was embarrassed for Phil as a Knicks fan objective from the hiding in the shadows. I was embarrassed for Sixers fans that you don't come back as a franchise for 10 years.
0: And it's almost been like 10 years of this is their monster. And they just can't seem to escape the boogeyman. And then for their hopes to get so high, I can't imagine the feel. I think it was Zach Lowe who said, he was at the game uh, in Philly game six. He's like, there's bloodlust in that crowd. They Damn. wanted it so bad. Like this was they needed it. Almost their finals in a way. And and everything else, I mean, you would want to go beat the Heat after, but
1: yeah. It would
0: have felt like they'd climbed the mountain.
1: Yeah. And especially against it's the a, Celtics.
0: Right, right. Especially. And it's such a, a season of of questions at this point. Um, we we could we could do yeah. a lot of Sixers post mortem too, but uh Real quick, just on, on Celtics Heat. I, yeah. I actually think the Heat are a terrible matchup for the Celtics in the sense that Celtics are, are far more talented. They should win. That would have been true whether it was the Knicks or the Heat. The Heat seem like they play just perfect basketball. They they play like to their potential 98% of the time. Maybe a little hyperbolic, but the Celtics on a good day play great basketball like 65% of the time. And they're talented enough to get away with it, but... The Heat feel like the team who, if if you play with your food a little bit as the Celtics, they're going to sneak up and steal a game from you. Whether it's what they did in in game one against the Sixers, like this team, the Celtics team, just has such a habit of either not closing out games well or just kind of having like two or three spurts in the second half or even late in the first half where they're just kind of lollygagging, let a team stay in it. And then a well executing team when you, the, the Celtics, don't really execute that well in the half court late in the fourth quarter. Um, it kind of feels like a nightmare. We got nothing to gain, everything to lose. We should handle them. And if the Celtics win convincingly in five or six, it's actually like a huge, it, it shouldn't mean anything. It's exactly what should happen. But to me, it would, it would be putting a flag on the ground a little bit and saying like, we are not that team that blew a game with the Hawks. We're not the team that, that messed around with the Sixers. Um and I think it would give them a lot more confidence going into going into the finals if if they're lucky enough to make it there. So you can't not be optimistic, but it's it's not going to be super fun to watch unless they're blowouts.
1: So you mentioned a five or six, like it's going to be a five or six game series. You know, maybe on paper it should, but pretty similar teams that went to seven last year and and was a Jimmy Butler three away from uh from the the heat going you know advancing on a, on a pretty big old well, heat with a one seed last year, which people forget in the east mm-hmm. um so it's like I know they had a lot of injuries this year, but it's like an eight everyone calls them an eight seed or it's like all right, they kind of just waltz their way in the playoffs half assed and then turn on the next gear that they have. But I guess what's different from last year that went seven, or is there anything different? Is it just like, oh, they're gonna hang around this series?
0: having home court is nice ironically yeah. though that series last year five of the seven games went to the road team wow uh and it was i think four in a row at one stretch so what's changed like weirdly enough we don't play nearly as good enough or nearly as good of a defense
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the defensive intensity in game six and game seven was awesome it felt like the EMA team we watched last year uh but, like, matchup wise, it's probably going to be pretty damn similar. I'd love to see him play Al a little less. He played 32 minutes against the Sixers, 32 minutes a game. Same with the Heat series last year. I'd love to just ride the Rob Williams in the starting lineup group a little more, which, of course, is Al starting, but maybe a little more Derek White than last series. He's uh, a guy who, would, like, I think shrink down to like 12 minutes a game. Um, and I think the Heat are a better matchup. So, I mean, other than Malcolm Brogdon, it's it's basically a, a run back of the last series of of last season. Um, I guess they don't have Hero too, which which should help. But yeah. it felt ridiculous that it went to seven last year too. Yeah. Man. Um. So I'm just hoping it's it's almost like a hey, we know from game one we can't mess around. Like let's let's get some rest. But uh, the fact that the the Celtics are minus five twenty five bet five bucks. Whoa! Run, Holy yeah, smokes. it's. It, it's like Unex- I cannot. I'm debating betting on the Heat just as like an emotional bet. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. Two to but one, three to one.
1: Yeah, I thought it would be like two fifty or so. Five twenty five is insane. That's a like that's just bad. That's a bad bet. You know, I well, think he'd have way better chance of that of winning just because the heater against all odds always seem to find a way. I would objectively just throw money on the Heat because it's like there's that's a really good payout for like a decent thing or a decent chance of something happening. I can't believe that. Yeah,
0: and the emotional letdown that is probably coming in Game One or Game Two. <laughs> like if if the Heat can just jump in, steal one in Boston, and then like we're probably going seven. Like fuck me, but it's like
1: yeah,
0: oh uh, yeah, um, it's weird. Um, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's exciting, uh, but I'm almost like not looking forward to this series just because. You know, if it goes seven, you're not like, "Wow, what an epic series!" This game's going to be remembered forever. Right. So that's kind of how it felt last series, even though you know we should have handled right. the Sixers. It's not going to feel like that this time.
1: It's yeah. going to be all all bad vibes to
0: to quote the yeah. Other people.
1: It's not a great spot to be in in, in that regard. But a few things I want to touch on the Celtics. One, I've I've like you know listened a decent amount about them over the years, but from watching them play, especially even against the Knicks this year in those games. I was so thankful when they would just pull up for three um, like way too many times in a row when they weren't feeling it. And I think like an amateur diagnosis for them, they have games where they're off from three. Everyone needs to hit threes in this, you know, this day and age. But they rely really heavily on the three and they have guys who can really take it to the hoop. And I would always be relieved. I know we have like Mitchell Robbins and some big bodies down there, but. I would be super relieved when they, they would like Tatum would pull out and pull up for three and he's three of 16 and still launching threes. And it's like, dude, just take him to the rack and draw an end one, you know, something like that. Or Jalen Brown, take him to the rack. Like I could see that as maybe a, a worry where the heat kind of like, you know what, I'm going to kind of let him take some threes, not let him, but force him to, you know, have a badge. Sh- they're having a portion and they're going to keep settling for threes we play some easy defense in that regard and we hang in the game because they're not hitting their shots. Like I think that's how the Celtics sometimes let worse teams hang around is they're so reliant on the analytics of like outside threes, no twos and the defense can kind of play around it and hedge their bets and like let up certain shots. And then when you're not hitting them, you're really not, you're really going to keep the other team in the game. So I I think that's going to be a worry because that leads into my second point. Coaching matchup is going to be super lopsided. Take it from the – I mean, hey, Tibbs – watch, I'm not watch gonna, your mouth. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, ride or die on Tibbs. I, I'm ready to move on from him, and that's for another day as well. But from what I've heard of Missoula, um, I mean, it sounds like he did much better in his last two games, but Bolster, I might probably, probably the best coach in the league right now. And yeah. he's going to – maybe one or two, he might take a couple games to figure it out. But I guarantee by game three, he'll have new adjustments for you, and you're going to be pulling – like, and pulling on your – like, on like frank the tank like pulling on your sweatshirt biting biting them because you're going to be like why are they not like figuring this out and like how is tatum falling into this trap or whoever it might be um it's just how the heat do it spolster does it but i don't know if you wanted to comment on that about their, their kind of three they just seem to be i don't have statistics to back it up but they seem to settle for the three when they have two of players to drive the hoop
0: yeah so I'm, I'm glad you you brought us there real quick on joe Uh, yeah, he figured it out in the last two games because he got, like, bullied into it by his staff and players. I'm I'm sure you heard about this, where, like, the whole, hey, we want to try starting Rob Williams at the four and playing two bigs in the starting lineup. And and really, like, the the big-picture philosophy that Ime ran with last season is defense first. We're starting a a lineup that gives us the best chance to be elite on defense, and we'll figure it out at the offensive end. And Joe's kind of big picture strategy is a little different. It's like, we're going to figure out how to score 125 a game. We have some of the best playmakers in the league. We're starting Derek White or, you know, maybe Brogdon in a game here or there. Like we're optimizing for offense. And I think what that does, and this is, you know, super armchair analyst stuff, but when the lineup is out there to outscore the other team, it feels like the defensive intensity is, is far less natural. And it you end up just saying like, yeah, we're out here kind of, playing a game of pickup hoops where you're going to score, but like we're better than you. So we're going to score more. And that will allow a team to stay in a game. And then it gets tight. And you've only got a few possessions to really prove you're the better team. But if you come out locked in on defense, I mean, sure. Like against a great opponent, it's going to be tough. And and, you know, there's more to it than just focus on defense, but that's what the Celtics team has lacked in the last four or five weeks. Like they, they really need to, have a dedication on the defensive end of the floor and just trust that your talent's gonna figure it out. Because this Heat team, like I was joking that they might be the worst team in the playoffs yeah. six weeks ago because offensively, other than Butler, it, it just doesn't look great. Fast forward six weeks and Max Struess looks like, you know, an all-star. So who who am I? But yeah, I I really think they they just need to lock in, man. It's 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 overly simplistic, but they did it in the last two games yeah. and it, it looked like a different team.
1: I think I think you're right. I think the um that statement in game six and seven, that fourth quarter and six on the road and then that domination seven kind of which left nothing in the imagination. This is over. I'm sure. Awesome. Orgasmic for you. But um, for bigger society. picture, <laughs> it, 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 it was a huge statement for that team. Like, yes, we can we can cut their throats, step on their throats when we have the opportunity. I would honestly lean to them winning in six or so. Uh, well, I mean, they'd have to win on the road, but you know, I could see it easily happening as a five or six game series. Um, but I just will say, the Heat—they played so differently against the Bucks than how they went against the Knicks, and they just find different ways to win. But they also adapt to like the team they're playing. I don't know; they, it's interesting. But Bucks and the Knicks were not great three point shooting, and the Celtics, you know, usually are a good three point shooting team. So I'll be curious if the Heat can even find a different defensive strategy or if they're just kind of limited, it's like, Hey, a team shoots us out of the gym. This is the max we can do because part of their strategy against the Knicks is like, we'll let these guys shoot. They can't hit anything. And that'll bite you at some point with the Celtics, even if they're relying on three too much. Um, so that's where I think it could be like, well, here comes, here's where the heat luck runs dry. It's just like the Celtics are too good shot him out of the gym.
0: So the it, I forgot to touch on the Celtics shooting a lot of kind of pull up threes. Thing. And it's funny, when I alluded earlier to this, like, two or three stretches the Celtics team will have late, not even late in the game, but just in the middle of a game, it's that. It's when they don't, yeah. don't decide to drive and, and play good offense and find open three. It's like, eh, we're just going to take a three because it's open enough. And like yeah. Joe said, that's good offense. And they're also, like, one of the best teams I've ever watched for, again, 60% of the game maybe, at creating wide open threes. Marcus Smart, sure, maybe you don't want him shooting twenty times a game, but he's he's proven to be, at least on this team, like capable of hitting wide open threes and and like that's good offense. And they'll do that with Jalen and and Tatum creating space and it it very quickly becomes like, All right, the ball's in Al Horford's hands. He's a great passer. He can either shoot it or or find someone if if someone comes crashing to him. Like I love that offense and it works. But yeah, it's it's when they just kind of get lazy and say, Ah, we're up, we're up eight, like it's time right. for a Tatum step-back three. Um, if Unless it's a matchup we're trying to expose like he did to Embiid in game seven, I don't, I don't need the Tatum step-back threes. I'd, I'd far rather yeah. you almost like get, get to work in the mid-range. Um, and ideally, we don't even have to do that. Just just keep beating dudes off the dribble and, and, and forcing the rotation. So I, I feel good, but it's, it's only because they, <laughs> they, they looked like they harnessed the good and yeah. forgot some of the bad recently. And it'll, it'll feel like a bad dream come game one when we're down, yeah, like, 72 right. to, to 60 in mid mid-third quarter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely probably feel better about them now than you did after the Hawks series, you know, just with how they, they close out these games, which is a good spot to be in. Um, yeah, fan, and the whole oh, city
0: said. of Philadelphia is our bitch now, so that that feels okay. good, too, yeah. Yeah,
1: they, they, they've got the football side, I guess, right now, uh, but you've got basketball. Handedly. A hundred times more. So it's uh it's not even close. Um are you rooting this is a more a curiosity question, but as a Celtics fan, because you're obviously playing for the title. I think they will handle the Heat. I really do. Uh, I don't know how many games, but I honestly think feel more confident about the Celtics in that series than Nuggets in the Lakers series, if that makes sense. For sure. I still yeah. officially if my prediction is it's I think it's a Celtics Nuggets finals. Um But with that being said, are you rooting for the Lakers a because of the Lakers Celtics rivalry? Like, cause you, you, I know you hate the Lakers. So do you not want to see the Lakers in the finals? Do you hate the Lakers and you hate LeBron or do you want it because they're an easier matchup and an a worse team than the nuggets, but are you ready to risk losing LeBron again?
0: So I wanted to ask you about this actually, uh, cause all of the above are true. I Think it's a better matchup for the Celtics. The Nuggets would terrify me. If it was Nuggets Celtics, yeah. it'd probably be a coin flip in Vegas, and I would not bet the Celtics. Oh, I think uh, Nuggets would be favored. I would hope so, but I bet it'd be closer than this yeah. Nuggets Lakers series, and that's, that's already funny. pretty close. Um, oh, it would
1: be close to close to toss up. when I think it'd be yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, you probably yeah like minus one twenty versus you know yep. even money or something. Uh, I I hate LeBron more than I hate the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Lakers Celtics finals in my mind, would be incredible. The only issue is how much am I willing to drop on a ticket to, to get to a game out here?
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: that's that's a story for a different day. I got wood everywhere. I'm, I'm knocking like crazy boys. Don't don't come at me. Um, anyway, from a New York sports, like, Knicks fan or not, from from like a non-Celtics-Lakers point of view, like, does it move the needle for you, the idea of the rivalry? Like, where, where do you stand on that? Like, is it a more exciting finals uh, I mean, Jimmy Butler versus anybody would be incredible just because if he won, like it'd just be an all-time NBA story. Um, but yeah, do, do you give a shit about Lakers-Celtics?
1: Um, More so than like it, the subject, if it was Nuggets-Heat, like in terms of just like the teams there, yes, yeah. it matters more than that. Um, mm-hmm. But is it like, oh, I can't believe it's the Celtics-Lakers um, meeting again? Not really because – if we grew up in the 80s with the bird magic, yeah, it would be huge. We only know about it from like documentaries and stuff, which is really cool. Um, and I think for you, you would hate the Lakers more than you would hate LeBron if you grew up in the 80s and even the LeBron era after that, because that 80s meant way more, I think, with this. Yeah. Um,
0: but Kurt Ramos was the douchebag. Yeah.
1: Like I'm looking back to the, uh, <laughs> um, I was look- like just thinking back to like the, the- Kobe versus like, like Celtics big three. Like, it was a cool finals and all. And I know they went to seven or one went to seven and the other six maybe. And, like, they were classics. But I just look at them as good finals. I don't attach it to, like, the historic rivalry of the 80s as much. So, I'm excited. I would be excited to watch because I love the LeBron Celtics narrative. And I do – the Celtics-Lakers thing is, like, historic thing. I recognize it. But it's not as big as I think – as maybe I thought it would be. Because, it, like, the Garnett, hmm. like, Toby one doesn't, like, sit in me as, like, I was – Resonated with me as much of a, as much as it should. Maybe because I hate both teams, but, or I hated both teams at the time. I
0: think that's probably how most people feel. Like if yeah. if you just swapped like LeBron and Dame, and said somehow Dame and, and AD and yeah. the Lakers are in the finals, and it was a Lakers Celtics final, I don't think it'd rate. I mean, it'd rate like yeah, better but... than an average, but like maybe by a little bit. I think it's LeBron and the Lakers. Like that's yeah. what's going to take it to the next level. I agree. There's obviously plenty of Celtics in LeBron history. And I mean, even this, like this iteration of the Celtics has played them a bunch in the playoffs. Um, So it'd be incredible theater.
1: Do the Celtics get to claim LeBron as their big rival? Like, I feel like him and the Warriors are bigger, honestly. Because like, I know the Celtics played him a ton, but like... They are. Yeah, but, the, but he he bulldozed them when he was with his Cavs in his second stint. In the first stint, like the Celtics got the benefit. I guess those early series I'm giving under like not enough credit to where he beat him once and they, but then they like broke him and sent him out of Cleveland, uh, or like how the Celtics fans like to view it. So I guess there's been a ton of series, but
0: also 2012, I
1: want to say
0: it was like the last hurrah for the Celtics. Big oh, three. that's we were right, three two against the Heat, and then he You're comes right. into the Garden drops 45. That that was masculine. I guess there's been I, I, so many.
1: Yeah, there's been so many playoff series, which I'm kind of like for, which I'm just kind of putting together. But I don't want to beat around the ones. has been it's been so one sided in recent years that it's hard to like see it as a rivalry from an objective. Like I I like I don't attach LeBron to the Celtics until a Boston fan comes up to me and says, "Oh, we hate LeBron, our huge rival." I'm like, really? I guess so. yeah. I didn't really put Wait, it together. I hate him because he owns us. <laughs> yeah like
0: the way the way philly feels about boston is how we feel about lebron I yeah think, if, if you gave me a little truth here
1: yeah i guess like lebron i'm trying to think like jordan i guess it's the same way as jordan jordan's rivals he mostly owned but i'm trying to even like have a comparison is there like jordan didn't really have like that one-to-one rival i guess or one no, team it's almost rival. like you
0: and i actually think that the, the best comparison there is Jordan with the Pistons where there's this team that he has yeah. to get through in the classic yeah. NBA story of like, you got to earn your stripes. And then when you're ready, you're ready and you consistently dominate. And that was kind of LeBron in yeah. the big three. Like they held him off for an extra year, I guess an extra two years. And then Dirk carried on our, yeah. our, our long lost cause. I, I was so, so into the Mavericks that year. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, the inevitable happened and, and he, you know got past us and everybody else for for like 10 years so
1: yeah I mean yeah. that was like Jordan and not like the Knicks and Jordan like I look at Jordan like oh my god like again I, I was young for that or, or maybe not even born for some of them but I'm like look at Jordans like oh he always had the best of us so I think it's a similar I mean in the Celtics actually got LeBron a couple of times the Knicks never got Jordan um seemed so close and like the Pacers and the Heat back in the 90s they all got toasted by him for 10 years. So I think it's kind of probably a similar dynamic there, but it just, it just makes me laugh. Cause every time I talk to Celtics fan, they're like, we hate LeBron. And then like, I'm like, Oh yeah, you guys have played so many times in the playoffs. Um, but it's, it's interesting. So yeah, I, I guess you're, what's your, what's your answer then?
0: To, to which question?
1: Exactly. Do, are you, do you want to Celtics oh, finals? Yeah. on paper? It's an easier matchup. Or are you that worried to lose to LeBron potentially? You don't even want that as a realm of possibilities.
0: Um, no, I want it for sure. I think it's a better matchup, but like it can't. Excuse me, it can't get any worse for us versus LeBron. Like it's it's almost only yeah. up. Well, yeah. I mean, not to say it wouldn't sting like a motherfucker if they lost, because it does feel like yeah. All right, if if Tatum and Brown can get over the hump here, you know, the, the next few years look a right. whole lot different. Um, but no, I would I would relish the opportunity to give LeBron another Finals loss. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's part. the way to look. Uh, and I think that would wrap up like your rival, the Boston rivalry with him pretty nicely. Cause like they held him off yeah. early when they had a way better team. And then he like dominated the East and the Celtics for like 10 years, 12 years, broke your hearts a few times, like ended the big three. Then like your upstart Isaiah teams or whatever, like that's, you know, stomped out by him, whatever. Um, but now full circle, it's like his last hurrah. He's wanted, he's trying to squeeze in one more ring and it's like, you're, little up you know your upstart 20 something year olds that have been doing this for a while finally get over the hump and they need to beat lebron to do it there's a flip side of the world where lebron beats him in the finals rips your heart out again and jalen brown's like i'm out of here i'm sick of this franchise he's gone and then they have to build around tatum and it's never the same and then they never get over the hump and tatum's a great what if story (laughs) and this was their
0: I, I just went toddler, putting his hands over his ears and <laughs> screaming "la la 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 la" for twenty. I don't. What would you say?
1: Yeah, um, but I, some of that, I I do agree that like if it was Nuggets he, Nuggets Celtics, it would not be as must watch for me as it would as Lakers Celtics would be, and I think that's lebron is a huge factor but if it was the lakers without lebron it would still be bigger than nugget celtics if that makes sense because there is an aura don't get me wrong it's just not as it's not as big as it should be in me i think if that makes sense yeah when the more
0: players are like you know just bouncing around it it definitely doesn't feel like like the way team loyalty that's the other thing yeah I, i think yeah it's an easy story to tell in the 90s and it just doesn't quite hit the same for i mean we're you know older than the I'm a fan of players, not teams, generation. Yeah. Um, but even for us, I I think it you know it's hard not to feel differently when you got KD. Yeah. Jumping around everywhere. Uh, yeah. But this but I, go. Go
1: uh, ahead. I was just gonna say the, the aren't they tied in banners right now?
0: Seventeen, baby.
1: So I think that would be real. Like I would be really interested in that aspect of it. I think like, and the more I'm thinking about it, the more juice I would get for a, a like Lakers-Celtics finals. I just need to let it sink in a little bit um so i think them tying at 17 right now and then like who's gonna be the first to 18 and they're against each other and then lebron factored in like it's actually pretty epic when you break it down the one thing i think that's missing is a little bit of the east west rivalry where that was a like, huge in the 80s and you know we're more globalized like everyone's moving all over the place traveling easily or more connected online like it, that doesn't hit as much as it used to it probably never will and then the team and the player loyalty things, the other part
0: yeah, it's it's definitely a little different. And it's uh, to to segue us into uh I mean, I don't know if we want to cut this or do a little live reaction, but LeBron better get one this year because next year there's a new best player in the league by the name of Victor Wembanyama and no <laughs> one's going to win a title ever again. It's
1: Yeah, that's what the don't don't thing is. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: So the Knicks have a shot? Do they have any
1: No, any they chance? could have if there was bastards. uh in dallas didn't tank to close out the year oh that's right so they uh yeah just to give the quick view the listeners a quick rundown on that um it was just like kind of a punch in the gut because we made some good moves to like load up on picks and so one of the picks again they're protected so this was going to be one of the first that comes through and it was top 10 protected so all we needed um was for the Mavericks to like. We assumed we'd get it this year because we all Mavericks just went to the conference finals. Doncic is there. We assumed that it would be, you know, easy. Like that they would not finish bottom ten. That means they have to miss the playoffs altogether. So we all year were like, oh, it's a lock. And then it was getting towards the end of the year. It's like, whoa, the Mavs are going to be in the play-in game. So not only is it a lock that we'll get like a mid, like a fifteen to twenty pick or a twenty to twenty-five pick, we'll now get potentially eleven through fourteen pick, which is lottery. So, Because, like, the Mavs are now in that sweet spot of make the, make the play-in game, but they're so crappy that they lose in the play-in game, and then they're in the 11 through 14 range. Um, and it was like, whoa, this could line up so well for them. And they had a chance to make that play-in game, and they benched Doncic, and they completely tanked the last couple games with the, the phantom injury, and just so they could get into the the hard 10. They finished literally 10th, 10th worst record, and the Knicks – now, don't even have like that 2% chance to get Victor or even just move up in the draft, which would be nice. So, I'm pretty bummed, like, pretty pissed about it.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Did you have a picture of Mark Cuban's face on your dartboard?
1: Yeah, right now. Well,
0: taking all of them.
1: I've got a lot of pictures on my dartboard right now. New York sports, <laughs> we've got. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what well, depends the day. But, anyhow, yeah, I was, was going to say,
0: like, how, how long do we have?
1: Yeah, but yeah, Cuban. I mean, it was just honestly a smart move by them, but real scummy. Yeah. And, like, uh, I, I was in the mindset of, like, it's ruining the, the – not the parody, but it's, like, ruining the competition of the league. It's, like, it's not against the rules, but it's against the spirit of the game and the league. I get teams kind of do it, but it was so blatant on the last day of the season that they just bench their guys, like, purposely not to win. But it was also, like, you had a chance at the playing game. I get you weren't going – maybe that far, but the West was wide open this year. You have a guy named Luka Doncic and Kyrie who could maybe show up. Like there's a chance they win, they get to the play on game. And then all of a sudden they play the Grizzlies. They get to the seventh seed and they play the Grizzlies. And it's like, whoa, all of a sudden, like we're at, we we got through the Grizzlies and then we're into the second round. And then like, you're on a run again. And then their season looks so much different. Like when you have a Luka, you only have so many years with the guy. I think you got to take your swing to at least get the play in game. And
0: I know to they make the back. Yeah, like to, to just punt on the season after the Kyrie trade. It was just such a quick reversal of, like, nope, this team can't do it. Like, give us the pick. Uh, I, I don't hate a team doing something that's in their best interest because they basically said, we'll take the fine. It's worth it. And like, that's how you get rules and procedures changed, whatever. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a little, little Belichick in me. But uh, okay. <laughs> like, it, it to me is just such a referendum on, on Kyrie. Like no, there's no, right. there's no way this staff yeah. thinks it's gonna work, uh, yeah. at a playoff level. So,
1: that's yeah, another a disaster, an
0: absolute disaster. Yeah, it was kind of fun yeah. to watch, but not not a winning team. I mean, he's um, on the you...
1: he's on the list of dream candidates to go to the next Luca.
0: Who's uh, oh Jesus, dreaming big? Him or beat If you could take one,
1: Luca, Luca, heartbeat, heartbeat, heartbeat age mm. just like the way his game plays in this nba not lack yeah. of injury history played with brunson they know each other well which i think is an underrated factor um yeah luca like no doubt about it he'd be sensation and has got i mean i would love him too but um compared to luca and way more question marks
0: Who who else is on that dream list
1: it's looking less likely now that i think that they're rebuild is coming together nicely and they and they snuck into the playing game, but SGA was like top of the dream list because there was a world where it was like starting to go off the rails a little bit earlier this year. They rallied to close and get into the play in. And like now their young guys are coming along and they that they have like basically what a Jalen uh um the guy they drafted like twelfth overall who the Knicks could have had obviously the guy from Santa Clara Clara or whatever. Um who was like in the rookie of the year running. Um Jalen, I mean, no, yeah, maybe it was. Um, he was Brunson awesome and, this year. Brunson
0: and SGA would be such a fun backcourt.
1: Yeah, but SGA is exactly what they need. Like, can play point, but is like rangy enough to be a like a, a two or a wing to do play awesome defense. Like, he's exactly what they're sorely missing. Like, not like two, like having two of Randall and RJ just doesn't work, or even one doesn't work. But, um. <laughs> Like, SGA is, like, what we've sorely missed for years. Like, that rangy guy who can play outside and play really good defense. Um, so, I love him. I, he would be my favorite in terms of fit. But I'm thinking it's looking less likely now that the Thunder have, like, this – I was hoping the Thunder rebuild would take, like, another year or two. And he's like, you know what? I'm sick of waiting around. Get me out of here. And it's, like, it's not coming together. So, I don't see that happening anymore. But
0: – Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels unlikely, but – I. I just do love how it's so consistent every off season. Like let's let's let the Knicks fans dream because I think every basketball yeah. fan wants it. Like we want two stars in New York. We want like a perennial top three seed. Yeah, and maybe it's too much to ask. I don't know.
1: I would say this year, uh, this off season, I, it's still a dream. It's more just like who's even, like, available right now or even reasonably. Because all it takes is one – right now there's not really anyone on paper, but all it takes is one star to be like, you know what? I'm I'm sick of here. Let's get out of here. And it could happen yeah. overnight. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, or next – like, middle of next season.
1: Right. And I will say about the Knicks is they're fine – in past years, I mean, it's blind hope, cl- like, clinging to del- delusion um, and, like, just, like, desperately, ho- like, praying for anything. But now they've got, like, at least a stable – more stable foundation with their front office. Brunson is legit. I think I'd want to play with him. He's like completely changed the culture of the team and the franchise. Um, and they're doing the things the right way. They have some good, real, they're the youngest team in the playoffs this year. So they have some really good young players, you know, under team control for a while. And they have a ton of picks, you know, they have like six in the next four years or something. So on paper there's assets to trade. you know, they have mm-hmm. young players, they have picks, that they could really put together like their offer, they could have beat out Cleveland's offer for Donovan last year. The, the yeah. Chaz wanted their offer more than the Cavs, the Knicks balked at it. Probably the wrong decision in the long run, but I mean for this year it worked out. Um, but I get you know, point being is they have the pieces to make it work. No one could have beaten the Knicks offer for Donovan.
0: Is Tibbs the guy before the guy?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hope he's gone this off season. I hope he's <laughs> not the guy anymore. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Pretty Decent chance. It, it depends who's on the market though. Cause he is one of the, he has his faults. They're not, they're only going so far with him, but you don't want to fire him and try and take a chance on some upstart guy and then really set everything backwards. Cause Tibbs will at least get you to a certain level and keep you on the right rack. He won't move you forward really, but he won't like bring you down. Um, so it's a wonder of, like, what, which coach would be out there, like a Nick Nurse or someone. Is there someone that we love that's, like, a buzzy name, that's had success, that's won a ring, um, that could come in? Like, yeah, I would absolutely do that. I don't want to fire him just to fire him with no backup, but I'm re- really ready to move on from him.
0: Nick Nurse was the name I was going to bring up because oh, – well, this is a broader point about that type of coach. And Rosillo has highlighted this a bunch. Like, at a certain point, these NBA guys are just going to tune that style of coach yeah. out. Yeah, and the guy wins a title, and then two and a half years later, it, it appears that him in the locker yeah. room aren't you know really seeing eye to eye. And I do think it's really important you hire that type of coach at the right time. Like you yeah. almost want most of the roster built. Maybe you're you're still throwing darts at at draft picks, but you kind of want the guy to come in and and bring his style, his energy, and ideally try to win in that first three years. Uh, yeah, in those first three years. So, I don't know
1: if the Knicks are quite there, roster construction-wise, for that. Exactly.
0: Yeah, is it a year um, early? Um, but hell, maybe but, Nick
1: Nurse goes and works on TV this year. Yeah, it's probably a year early for maybe a guy like that. In, in you know laying out the scenario you did, but um, I I mean I would like there like there like if there's a trendy assistant out there, like I'd be down to take a chance on him. I'm just saying it's risky where it's like all of a sudden, uh-oh this guy is in over his head. We have a young and experienced team at showing and we just won 35 games. All right, Al, we've got uh Lakers nuggets rapidly approaching here. So I want to let you go. It was, it was great to catch up here after my long weekend. Um, I'm excited for this game tonight. We could be dead wrong about what we just discussed, but uh, it, it should be a doozy. These next couple games. games, um, good luck to your Celtics. I think Victor webinar just went to the Spurs. So, a lot of big things happening in the NBA. We've got a lot more coming up. Discuss Nick's, you know, post mortem offseason plans, what the Warriors are gonna do, Suns, Sixers. There's a lot to, do, to kinda go through the wreckage there. Um and we'll discuss that over the next couple of weeks along with some NFL draft coverage. But for now, we got NBA conference finals, big time stuff. Anything you wanna say before we part ways?
0: No, no, I think that's it. I'm I'm thrilled to have another ten years of pop in our lives. Fingers crossed. Uh, yep
1: we're so lucky that
0: the spurs machine rolls on that that'll be fun exactly uh, yeah well let's let's watch some basketball and uh yeah look, looking forward to uh to chat in game two uh, later this week
1: sounds good that's there's chucking out coming at you again and uh, we'll be back later this week <laughs> I don't know what to here